Fresh brains. Thanks for tuning in again. I really appreciate you listening. I hope you're getting a lot out of these episodes. Unfortunately, because it takes us so long to kind of put together the information for some of these dense episodes, I was hoping to add in some little mini episodes in between just to keep the information flowing. I was going to call these episodes TIAs. They're short, but they could have big implications. I'm planning on just picking out random articles that I see that I think are important, interesting, controversial, little fun tidbits to talk about. Hope you enjoy them. The main article I'm going to be talking about today is uh, this article by Robert Sanders in 2017, looking at the incidence of consciousness under anesthesia. Now, whichever side of the curtain you're working on, all of us, along with our patients, generally work under the assumption that the patients are going to be asleep during the operation, right? And we all know that awareness under anesthesia is possible, but everyone says, oh, you know, that's that's like super rare. That doesn't happen. And there have been several large studies out there that have looked at the actual risk of recall after an anesthetic. And all of them seem to put the risk around 1 in 10,000. And if you look at the cases where it happens, they're usually emergent type cases. They're traumas, they're cardiac cases, OB cases where they have crash C-sections. So we all say... You're definitely going to be asleep under anesthesia. If you're not, it's because some big emergency is happening where we just can't get you as deep as we need you because we need to keep you alive. The problem with that whole argument is that our anesthetics also affect memory. And all of these studies look at after the surgery, if you ask the person, do you remember anything from the surgery? And they say, no, no, I can't remember anything. But is recall the best measurement? So for example... I had a patient recently where we were doing a DC cardioversion. The patient at baseline was really sleepy and out of it, and so we were getting ready to do the cardioversion. We gave him pretty much the standard dose of propofol. We kind of underdosed it a little bit because he was already so out of it. They were like, charging, clear, boom. And the patient jumps up from the bed and screams, I wasn't asleep for that. And we, we both looked at each other super concerned. Oh, no, we, we messed this up. But uh, he actually didn't convert out of AFib. And so we had to shock him again. So we gave him another big dose of propofol, put him to sleep, shocked him, went fine this time. And he woke up a minute later, and we told him about the whole thing. And he said, yeah, I don't, I don't remember a single thing. So just because our patients say after the surgery, I don't remember what happened, doesn't mean they weren't awake during the surgery. So how can we actually tell if they're asleep. Well, before this study, there have been there were a handful of other small studies that were suggesting the rate of consciousness under anesthesia could be as high as 40%, which would be a little crazy. So this study, Sanders 2017, was a multicenter study where they used the isolated forearm technique, meaning the usual way that we put people to sleep, we give them some sort of anesthetic like propofol, we give them some sort of paralytic like rocuronium, then we intubate them. In this technique, you put a tourniquet on the arm so that the paralytic can't get to their hand. So they're asleep and paralyzed, except their hand isn't paralyzed. So if at some point they woke up, we would be able to see it because they would be able to move their hand. This study had six centers and tested 260 people. They would test them for consciousness by saying in their ear, squeeze my hand if you're awake, and squeeze my hand twice if you're in pain. They had an independent observer scoring it, and the response had to be really clear. Like the person had to be not moving before they said, squeeze my hand, then they squeezed their hand briskly to command so that it didn't look like a reflexive thing, or they weren't moving spontaneously. They tested them once before they did the laryngoscopy, 
and then ones after they did their laryngoscopy. They were assuming that the laryngoscopy was a pretty stimulating thing, which it is, um, and might be the thing that kind of wakes up the person. So out of these 260 patients, these were just standard types of surgeries. Five of them, 2%, actually responded before they did the laryngoscopy. So apparently they did not dose their propofol enough, and the person woke up even before they did the laryngoscopy. 12 people, 5%, responded after they did the laryngoscopy. They had 18 people, around 7%, that had sort of ambiguous responses. And five people, 2%, actually reported that they were having pain. So if you add all those up, at least 6% of people were awake at some point during the surgery, paralyzed. And if you include those ambiguous ones, that's up to 13% of people. And they emphasize a lot during this paper, they really tried to be conservative with how strict they were with these criteria. So they think, if, if anything, this is the conservative end of the estimate. And then, of course, after the surgery, they asked all the subjects, do you remember anything? And, of course, n all of them said no. They also looked at different associated variables, if it was associated with any physiologic variables. A lot of these centers had BIS on or some other processed EEG, and it didn't seem to correlate with the BIS values. There was actually a subgroup analysis from this study. It's in Gaskell 2017, which looked specifically at the people who were awake, who were responding, and looked at their EEG spectra and their, their BIS values and found that their BIS values and their EEG spectra looked like they were asleep. So processed EEG is not the answer for excluding consciousness. So what's the takeaway from this? Is it okay that our patients occasionally wake up in the middle of surgery if they don't remember it? That's kind of a weird ethical kind of question. I think understanding the issue is the first step. Unfortunately, we don't really understand consciousness that well to begin with. So it's something that's very hard for us to monitor and control. But for now, I think we should just be careful with how confident we are about our control of consciousness, and be thankful that our drugs are so amnestic-producing. As always, I hope that was interesting slash controversial. If you want to read the article yourself, you can go on our website, you can go in the show notes, the citation will be right there. I think it's a pretty well-done study. Maybe you disagree. I'd love to hear from you. The website's freshbrains.wtf. You can find me on Twitter at BillGrossMD. Otherwise, see you next time.